You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, you guys made, you guys seem like you made Paul grow into another player. You know, when he was here and I saw him play all these years, playing with even Antoine, yeah, Paul kind of took it another way. But when you got there and Ray, I mean, and, and Kevin was there, it's like he transitioned to the captain and, and to a whole nother player. Well, he 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 certainly paid paid attention. I think that, you know, for Paul, most of the most of his career, he he had been with a lot of younger players, and it was almost like sea biscuit mentality. <laughs> where once he saw, once he saw like me come in, you know, Paul would always talk trash about things that I was doing, but then you would always see he would gradually uh, start doing them. You know, he'd always talk trash about what I was eating, why I'm eating that, or how come I'm in the training room, I would start on one table and I'd end up on the other table. He's like, damn, you gonna, you gonna touch every table? I was like, this is what it takes to, to exist for, you know, like you got to take care of yourself. And I think for most of, his career, he was around younger players that didn't give him the ability to see what it is to be successful. So he was the one that was setting the tone um, every every night, you know, night in, night out. Once we got there, you know, for him, it was easy because he, he felt like there are times where, you know, he could cruise. But then when he when Paul and I got or Kevin and I got there, you know, you, you couldn't, this is what we did every single day. It wasn't like, you know, Tuesday we could take off or Thursday we take off. It was my, it was an everyday thing. And, you know, we were just religious because we knew we didn't want to win. And so when we got there, you can tell he, he certainly, you know, saw, you know, the example set. And then, you know, we still had young players, you know, at the end of the roster, you know, Rondo was trying to find his own. And, and then we had Big Baby who was trying to learn to be, have an impact on uh, the NBA. Uh, Herc was trying to come into his own. And, you know, so a lot of those guys were taking cues from, you know, the example that we set. Um, I think the difference in once I went to Miami, the difference was there was only, there was only one person really that, was trying to make a name for himself. And you could throw Norris Cole in there coming off the bench. But uh, uh, Mario Chalmers was the one guy who was in a rotation that was young. But, you know, he was still he was still a guy that had to follow so many other guys because, you know, this locker room that I was in was – it had veterans from top to bottom. You know, you're talking about, you know, Jawan Howard. You know, at the time he had, I think, 18 years – in the NBA, and then you got guys like James Jones and Shane Battier and Mike Miller, 
uh, and, and Birdman and Rashard Lewis, you know, you, you got guys that have played, you know, great basketball on other teams for a long time. So you can go in any direction when it comes to, you know, who you're going to play. So, it, you know, oftentimes I know it had to be difficult for Spolster because you, you got so many great shooters that you can put in the game and you had to kind of deal with those, those egos. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of guys, they were professional and, and, and everybody wanted to win. If you've been following me on Twitter, you may have noticed I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I decided it's time to get back to my MVP weight. So I started Awaken 180 weight loss. I'm already feeling fantastic. The best part, I'm already down nine pounds. I could have hit the treadmill for a year and not seen the results that I've had with Awaken 180. Just like during my playing days, Awaken is all about losing weight and focusing on nutrition, coaching, and science. No pills, no gym. As you know, I travel a ton, but no worries there because Awaken 180 has a worldwide program. I can still have my weekly consults via Skype. When I'm back in Boston, I visit the government center location. Besides healthy living, my favorite part about Awaken is free support for lives. We are all stuck at home these days, but join me and get healthy. Call the solution for weight loss. Awaken 180 weight loss. Get on board just as I did. Go to awaken180weightloss.com. Call it the greatest shot in playoff history. I think you shot it. I keep talking about it over and over again that you had, you hit the greatest shot. Well, I hate it was with Miami, but yeah. I feel the fact that you hit one of the greatest shots in NBA history. Can you talk about it? Do you remember it? What do you remember so well about it? Because everybody talks about what I talk about all the time. As I said, Ray Allen had to catch it. Go back behind the line. Toe was behind the line. Everybody was holding their breath to see. And then you had did exactly like you've done for thousands and thousands of shots. Yeah, and there was a natural progression uh, to my career uh, going from, um, you know, starting in college, you know, people said that I couldn't get my own shot off. And then I got to Milwaukee and I learned to play this up-tempo game where, you know, we were, we were Golden State before Golden State existed. You know, in Milwaukee, we shot fast and they said it couldn't be done. You couldn't win that way. And then I get shipped out to Seattle to an even younger team where we had this run and gun style where, you know, we had great shooters, you know, guys that could really play. And it was where I kind of honed my leadership skills. And at the same time, I got the opportunity to really shoot the ball to score to then going to Boston where all that was kind of reeled in. Like I didn't have the opportunity to shoot and score as much, but what, what didn't change was, how I uh, approached the game, how I prepared for the game, because I know I knew then, just like I knew in Seattle, at some point it was going to come down to free throws, which it always does, or you got to hit a three-pointer to win a game, and it's not necessarily always you, but everybody has to be uh, prepared and alert. So uh, coming down to 2013 in that final um, moment, you, we wouldn't be talking about it if I missed the shot, Max. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I can hey, tell but you. you know, how about this? All the fans had left the game before you hit the shot. <laughs> yeah. And, 
you know, that, and that that's an indictment on, you know, the culture, the, the Miami culture here, because there's still a young franchise, you know, unlike Boston, where you have generations of fans, you know, you, you think about going back to the 50s and people who watched uh, Russell and Cousy play. So it's indoctrinated into your, uh, to your family. So you grow up in it and you're watching it and you watch championship basketball then and span the generations and you watch it forever. So Miami is still going through that process of, you know, you, you just retired D Wade's number and he was your first player that's won you three championships. So now you see where they go from that to the next generation and do they win and, and, and you start to build that culture. Uh, it's also easier when you're in Miami to, if the game doesn't go the way you want to kind of turn the page and do something different, you know, when you're up, Go out in, to the beach, baby. <laughs> when you're up in, when you're up in Chicago, Philly, New York, Boston, you ride or die with, with basketball because that's your team in the winter and you have nothing else to do. So it can be depressing of you if you have a, a bad team. So in, in 13, it was like, I, I was in a situation now where I was, I was so prepared. It wasn't like I needed to, do anything like lines or I know these lines, like the, the lines on my, the palm of my hand, you know, I've been there, I know where the basket is. And so the thing that reminds me or, or I'm always reminded of in that situation and for any future situation I get thrust in, I can do anything that I want to do uh, and be good at it as long as I prepare. And that was just me preparation. If you collect all the years I've, played over the course of the games I played, the teams I played on, the situations I've been in. It was, for me, I, I could have, and we wouldn't be having this conversation, but the fact that I made it, we're having this conversation, but I, I can tell you millions, or I'd say, you know, a 10 to 20 shots that I've missed that, that, that cost us uh, games over the course of my career. So I just learned that, you know, you got to get back on the horse, you got to ride again.